Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Hi, it's Tony. Uh, mate, the place is rolling down here. We, uh, we really need you here fast. Uh, mate, I just need you here now. Come on, boy.
Imagine starting your day, not just with a cup of coffee or a quick glance at your phone, but with a powerful assurance that today can be extraordinary. Picture yourselves stepping into each moment, fueled not just by your plans and efforts, but by a divine promise of guidance and blessing. If you believe that God can make a difference in your life today, let us stand together in faith. I will pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. My friends, in the quiet moments of our mornings lies a precious opportunity to shape the hours ahead with hope, grace, and intention. It is in these serene early moments that we find our hearts most open to the whispers of God and where our souls are most receptive to His guiding hand. Let us reflect on the words from Psalm 118, verse 24, which says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This verse isn't just a statement. It's an invitation to align our hearts with a spirit of gratitude and joy. It reminds us that each day is a divine gift, intricately woven with possibilities and opportunities for us to discover and embrace. As we pray for a good day, we are not merely asking for favorable circumstances. We are also seeking to tune in our hearts to the beauty and blessings that each day holds. When we approach our day with prayer, we are not just hoping for the best. We are placing our trust in the one who holds all our days in his hands. We acknowledge that our own strength is limited, but in God we find an unlimited source of strength, wisdom, and peace. Therefore, our prayer becomes a powerful testament to our faith, a declaration that we choose to rely on God's promises and His unfailing love to guide us through the day. As we face the unknowns of the day with courage, we ask not just for the absence of trouble, but for the presence of God's peace that surpasses all understanding. This peace becomes our steady companion, guiding our thoughts, words, and actions, turning ordinary moments into extraordinary encounters with God's grace. As we seek God for a good day, we seek to align our will with God's will. It is in this sacred exchange that we find the essence of a truly good day. One that is not measured merely by worldly successes, but also by how closely we walk with the Lord. It's about seeing His hand in every detail, feeling His presence in every challenge, and hearing His voice in the quiet whispers of our hearts. So, my friends, let us come together in prayer, not only wishing for a better day, but as a powerful act of faith and surrender. Let us pray with hearts, full of hope, trusting that God is with us, guiding our steps and turning every day into a testament of His love and faithfulness. Today, as we seek a good day, let's remember 
that it begins here, in this moment of prayer, where heaven touches earth and your heart finds true joy in the Lord's embrace. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. You may also listen to this prayer daily as you build your faith and come in agreement. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Heavenly Father, Creator of the heavens and earth, I come before you with a heart full of praise and thanksgiving. Your majesty and glory are beyond comprehension, and your love for us is unending. I exalt your holy name and acknowledge your sovereignty over all things. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and in your presence I find true peace and fulfillment. Lord, I thank you for this new day, a precious gift from your generous hands. I am grateful for the breath in my lungs, the strength in my body, and the opportunities that lie ahead. Your mercies are new every morning, and your faithfulness is as boundless as the sky. For the love and grace that you have given to me and my loved ones, I am eternally thankful. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth and in my life, as it is in heaven. As I stand in your presence, I ask for forgiveness of my sins, both known and unknown. Cleanse my heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. I also forgive those who have wronged me, releasing any bitterness or resentment. For in forgiveness I find freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare victory over my day. I seek your guidance and wisdom in every decision I make. Lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Enlighten my mind with your divine insight and help me discern your will in all things. In every conversation, every interaction, in every choice, let your wisdom be my guide. Lord, I ask for your strength and courage. In moments of weakness, be my fortress. When I face trials and tribulations, be my rock. Let your courage fill my heart, enabling me to overcome obstacles and stand firm against the winds of adversity. I'm grateful that in your strength I can achieve all things. For with you all things are possible. I pray for your peace to surround me today. Let it guard my heart and mind. In the midst of chaos, let your peace reign. Let it be a beacon of hope to those around me, a testament to your calming presence in my life. Protect me, Lord, from all harm. Be my shield and defender against the schemes of the enemy. Keep me and my loved ones safe under the shadow of your wings. Deliver us from all evil and lead us away from temptation. Protect us 
in our going out and our coming in, today and forevermore. I pray for health and well-being, not just for myself, but also for my loved ones. Heal us from every sickness and disease. Mend what is broken within us and revive what has grown weary. I thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician, the healer of all our ailments, and in your hands there is restoration and peace. Your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, and I claim that promise over our lives today. I pray for deliverance from the spirits of fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and discouragement, and ask for your powerful intervention to break these chains and set me free in the name of Jesus. Lord, prosper the work of my hands. Open doors of opportunity and bless my goals and aspirations. May your abundance flow in my life and let me be a blessing to others. In your loving kindness, I ask that you meet my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, fill me with your love and compassion. Let me be a vessel of your grace, showing kindness and understanding to everyone I encounter. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke all forms of attacks by the enemy. I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I bind the spirit of delay, disappointment, and stagnation in the name of Jesus. I rebuke bonds of oppression and any plans of the enemy to derail your purpose for my life. Lord, as I say this prayer together with everyone listening, I am grateful for every heart that is humbled before you right now as we come in agreement, praying for each other. Let your Holy Spirit move among us, touching every life, healing every wound, and fulfilling every need. In your infinite grace, we ask that you align your blessings to meet us right where we are. May your favor be upon us. May your protection surround us and may your peace dwell within us. We declare that everything is working for us and not against us. Deliver us from all accidents and negative incidents. We are grateful that your goodness and mercies shall follow us all the days of our lives. Gracious Lord, we pray that you will help us to have a good day today. We claim victory over our challenges declare healing over our bodies, and we thank you for your unwavering protection. As this day ends, we return with hearts full of thankfulness for every lesson learned, for every blessing received. We give you glory. Lord, may your Holy Spirit guide us, comfort us, and empower us in all our ways. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were blessed by this prayer, type the word amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Well, we got Christmas done. We got Christmas done. And we headed into the new year of 2024. And so we thank God for this opportunity uh, to come before him this morning. We thank him to uh, be in his presence today because there's none like him. And uh, we're just grateful, grateful unto Almighty God. We appreciate him. We love him today because it was him who first loved us. So welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is really and truly December the 30th, 2023. We have one more day, and then we, we are into the new year of 2024. And so we're thankful unto the Lord and uh, I come this morning asking the intercessors everywhere uh, to lift me up in prayer because we need prayer to make it today. And uh, we know that the enemy come to kill, to steal, and destroy. It's Jesus who come that we might have a life and have it more abundantly. And so I'm thankful unto him this morning. And I tell you, when God shows you some things, you may not like it. And you may not want to receive it, but it is what it is. It's the truth. He's showing you the truth. And so we just have to believe the truth, trust him with our whole heart, and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. We just can't be wise in our own eyes. We must fear the Lord and depart from evil. Hallelujah. And God have it all. Whatever it may be today, he's got it all in control. So, yeah, I'm asking the intercessors uh, to touch and agree with me and pray with me today. Pray for me. Yeah, that God will will be done in my life and that I will obey at any cost. Yeah, not confused or anything like that. Just obeying God. Hallelujah. And his word. So we thank you. We thank him. We thank him this morning. And we're moving right along. Uh, we want to look at our scripture reading for today. We want to go over and look at Psalms 46. This is where we'll be reading from today. Coming into this new year, it's going to be a year of be still and know that I am God. Be still and know I am God. Yeah, because of this, we're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight in 2024. We can't walk by what we see. We got to walk, believe in God in everything because we're going to get to see some things we've never seen before. We're going to get to feel some things we've never felt before. And even in my prayer, when I, after I thank God for everything I can remember to thank him for, it comes to repenting, asking God to forgive us. And I ask him to forgive me for my wrong thoughts, my wrong speakings, even my wrong feelings. Because sometimes feelings come along and it, it is something serious. Feelings that make you want to react to what you shouldn't. <laughs> feelings that make you say some things you shouldn't say. So I, I may have done this along the line. So I ask God in my prayer time, each time I pray, to forgive me for these things. Because, Lord, I don't know. I could have been wrong. I, I could have 
felt wrong. I could have thought it was something that it wasn't. And help me today. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And, you know, we have to love people uh, everywhere in spite of. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, we yet got to love folks. And it can't be with your lips. Yeah, it's got to be action. God is an action God. And so we have to love from our actions. And a lot of people don't get that. They're looking for the word. They're looking to hear, I love you. But I'm looking to see that you love me. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And I know uh, this morning that Sister Irene and Sister Dorothy Goodman, I know they love me. Yeah, because their actions, their actions show that they care. Yeah, anything I'm doing or I'm trying to do, that going to be right there. Anything I'm doing or trying to do, if Irene know about it, she's going to be right there. That's love. Yeah, Louis was the same way. Yeah, so you know when people truly love you and when it's just talk. Because there's a way that seems right to them. But the end, that world is destruction. Yeah. And so what we do is we pray and we keep it moving. Because God is real. And a lot of times he'll show us many things, but we can't say nothing. Yeah, many times I wanted to say, oh, look like it was on the tip of my tongue, but I knew I couldn't because he said not to. So we have to pray and keep going in him because my life is hid in him. I'm no longer my own. And I don't want to walk by sight. I don't want to walk by what I think I know. And what these people done said, and this is, no, no, I've heard them say no, and God had already said yeah. He said yes before I left home. When I got to where I was going, they said no. I left and went on because I heard them say yes. And then I got a call back, and they said, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, we can do this, this, and this. So the answer became yes. Why? Because in the initial beginning, God said yes. And so walking by faith and not by sight, we're doing some things, believing and trusting God for these things to come to pass. I can tell you so many things I've walked by faith on and God moved. And sometimes he didn't always move quick, but I had to have the patience to wait on him. Do you know there have been some days I really didn't want to come in the morning and do the show? There have been some of those days. But I knew this what he called me to. I knew this what he chose me for. And I had to obey if I wanted to show him love, if I wanted to do what was pleasing and acceptable unto him. Because how many know sometimes that enemy comes? And when the enemy comes, sometimes the things he said, his things he's done, it's the way he's used people, and it make you say, well, I don't want to be bothered with them no more. I don't think I want to. No, you got to keep going. Because if he told us to love our enemies, we have to love everybody. We have to love those that the enemy used, that the devil used. You yet got to love them. And go right on about your business. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And the devil comes to steal, remember, to kill and destroy. So he want to take from you. Even what God has given you. But we know to stand still today and know I am God. 
because we're standing on his word. We're standing on the sure promises of Almighty God. We're not standing on our own or what the job said or what these people said. We are standing on the word of God, and his word will not return void. It won't come back empty. His word go out and it fulfills. And many times it don't fulfill in the way that we want it to fulfill, but it feels in the way that it needs to be. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that love us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I was telling the Lord, I said, God, help me. Fix my mind. Regulate my mind. I didn't get to the hard part. It's my mind I need you to fix. Yeah. Because I don't want to do nobody wrong. I don't want to come against nobody in no kind of way. And I don't want to tell God on people uh, because I know I'm his anointed. And he said, touch not mine anointed. Do the prophet no harm. And I don't want to just go to God on people. Because he see much more than he show me. And so I have to pray my way through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, we have these days. The songwriter said, I have had some good days. I've had some heels decline. Uh, yeah, I've had some weary days and some sleepless nights. But when I look around and think things over, all of my good days, hallelujah, outweigh my bad days, and I won't complain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't have to complain because he's for me today. And his word says, if he be for me, he is more than the whole world against me. And so I'm thankful he's for us. He's on our side in spite of us this morning. And so we look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth. And I'm grateful unto him. Hallelujah. So I plan to have a good time this morning in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I plan to have a good day. Yeah. Plan to organize some things and not be a hoarder in 2024. Throw away what I need to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we're moving right along in Jesus' name. And we're talking about be still and know I am God. Yeah. And we got to be careful. We, this year we need to be very careful because his word is true. And we got to walk according to his words, not according to the way we feel or the way we think or what we think we know, but we got to walk according to the word of God. And daily we need, in 2024, daily we need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, because uh, if we look back in numbers, these people did a, a bunch of stuff that they wasn't supposed, supposed to do. Matter of fact, I think it was 250 of them. And they were they was going to show God, ooh, I'm scared of that right now. Ooh, uh-uh. They were going to show him what it was going to be. He said the prophet, they're going to tell me how it's going to be and what they feel and their reactions and all of this stuff. Guess what? The ground opened up and swallowed up 250 of them. In 2024, I don't want nothing opening up swallowing me. Because I'm going to show God what it is. 
when the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Everything and everybody belong to God, including that devil. And without him, I can't do nothing. So I know I cannot tell him what it's going to be. Yeah, I can't tell him how it's going to go. I got to depend on him to lead and guide me in the right path for his name's sake. And if I follow, everything is going to come out good. So if we be still and know I am God, if we follow his lead, I can tell you right now, I got a feeling everything, everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we are people, we always want more stuff. We always want more things. Yeah. And I believe that God will give us more, 10 times better than what we have. But we got to trust him and wait on him. Have patience. Do what's right. Hallelujah. And right is coming our way. Oh, we're going to go through some things. We're gonna, we have trials and tribulations and stuff to go through. But we're standing on that sure foundation. We're standing on the word of God, being still and knowing that Jehovah is God. Hallelujah. Yeah. His word holds true. And it's, again, this morning, it's going to do what he said it would do. He said, I'm the head and not the tail. That's what I am. I'm above and not beneath. That's where I am. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. He just said a weapon would not form now. He said, but it won't prosper. Again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because see, if I lean and depend on him, and don't lean to myself. He's going to lead and guide me in the right path. He's going to show me the way to go. He's going to tell me the things to do. And you may not hear out of your voice. But in your mind, you're going to think. You feel like you're thinking, oh, this is what I need to do. He's speaking to your mind. Speaking to your heart. Because that's what he deal with, the heart. Yeah, the hearts of man. Because whatever's in your heart, that's what's true. We may say one thing, but what's in our heart won't lie. This is why when we come to him, we come to him with the truth. When we talk to others, we talk to them telling them the truth. Because he's looking at your heart. And often you hear me say, my lips and my heart have to line up together. And God knows I'm telling the truth. But if I'm saying one thing out my lips and another is in my heart, he know I'm a liar because the heart and the lips are not lined up together. What I'm saying out my mouth is not true. It's not coming from my heart. I've had many people to tell me, Barbara, I like you because you're just real. Barbara, I like your show. You just tell the truth. you just plain and simple down to earth. It is what it is. I am who I am. I look at Facebook and many people even raising their young children by Facebook. They got their young children on the stage and letting their children perform. Children can't even talk, can't even think to do these things, don't even know the ins and outs of Facebook. And you're on Facebook talking about what your child said. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Child going to grow up with insecurities because of this. Everything they do is going to be done to impress the world. Everything and anything that's real, they're going to keep it hid. 
And that's a miserable feeling. One time my daughter told me, my youngest daughter, she said, see, mama, I'm a private person. And the people that I know who were private, they were adulterers. Yeah, they were sneaking, doing things. And they became private so none of their stuff would leak out. Because if you open like me, all your stuff will leak out. Because I tell it all. I think they call it transparent, uh, Sister Dot. You can see through it. <laughs> because that's the way I am. Because everybody I know got a secret. And everybody I know got something went on that they don't want the world to know about. I don't know too many people who don't have issues, who don't have problems, who haven't been through something terrible. A lot of families, they make it look so smooth and good. We we the perfect family. No evil or wrong go on in our family. If you pull that rug back, you'll see everything that they swept up under the rug to keep you from seeing it. But here I am out here acting like they act. now. for if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, and behold, all things have become new. See, he gave me a new mind, a mind that I don't have to be secret because all my secrets are in him. Now, he tells us, don't let the left hand know what the right hand do. You're just not going to be out here with a bullhorn just telling everything about everything about you. That's not what you're going to do. But you're going to be truthful even with your life. You're going to be truthful. So what you see is what you get. (laughs) Yeah, with me, that's just the way it is. So today I'm praying we all in 2024, we will be still and know that Jehovah is God. In 20, I mean 2024, I'm sorry. In 2024, We want his will to be done in our lives. So we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to stop making our own ways and try to do it this way because if we do it this way, we're going to impress the people. If we do it that way, we're going to, now we're going to do it God's way. Let him lead in God. Yeah. They taught me on an application for employment, let's say, or any application you fill out, you don't leave blank spaces. You put something in the space. If it's nothing more than N-A for non-applicable, it don't apply. That's what they taught me. And I've been in some delicate situations where I forgot a box. I went back over the application and I said, oh, yeah, don't forget that box. Keep going, but go back and fill that box or that blank space. Went on through the whole thing, forgot to go back and fill it in, turned it in. And for this particular situation, they would have said no, because they want every blank filled. They want to know the ins and outs. This is the reason for this deep application. And guess what they did? They still approved me. They still called me. Why? If he's for me, he's more than the whole world against me. If I I did not write the correct English and some things they couldn't understand, guess what? They still call me. Why? I had the favor of God upon my life. He's for me. He is for me. 
And if he be for me, the world may as well be for me too. Because he put his favor upon me and they can't turn me away. They may want to. They may come back and look at it and say, well, why did I choose her? Because I have the favor of God. And you, even in your sinful state, you belong to him. He made you for his pleasure. You just choose not to obey. Yeah. So we're going to learn to be still and know that he is God. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight in 2024. And we're going to be peaceful, joyful, happy, all of these things because the stress is off us and it's on him. Come unto me, all that are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now that's what he said. So if he's given us the rest from the burdens, he took them. And he banned these burdens, and he's bigger than any burden I could ever have. God is much bigger than anything that could cause me depression. I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I really enjoy being with me. I'm my best friend. I really enjoy that. And I don't want it to be uh, a battle of depression. I don't want this happening because I'm depressed. So I had to look at that thing and investigate some things. And it's not because I'm depressed. It's that I get things done when I'm in my own company. And God is faithful. He'll lead and guide you in the right path for his name's sake. Yeah. And I'm thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read Psalms 46. Let's go over this. And you know what? I'm going to do a parallel view on this one. And we're going to read it from uh, King James and the basic English Bible. I like that Bible right there. So we're going to read it from there. And uh, we're going to read it from King James. So, to the chief musicians of the song of Korah, a song upon Alamoth, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So now these chief music makers, they were the sons of Korah. And they put the alum of a song, and God is our harbor and our strength, a very present help in trouble, is what they sang it. And so Korah had some craziness going on and was a part of these people who didn't want to really uh, obey God, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was of the lineage of the Levites, and the Levite lineages were all priests, if we remember that, yeah. In verse 2, it says, therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Do you hear that? We won't fear. Why? We serve an arisen st- Savior. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help 
in the time of need. So no matter what go on, he's always there. So look, if the earth disappear and the mountains go out into the sea, we yet don't have anything to worry about. Because we have a strong bond with Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. Daily we're walking in him. Daily we're growing in him. Daily we're keeping our mind on him. Daily we're delighting ourselves in him. Not what the world putting down. Not what we think. Not what we want. Let me tell you, I see people, when God give them something, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. When God opened the door for them, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. But when they don't see the move of God, they upset, they angry, uh, they don't have no peace, they don't like nobody. God speaking, they speaking back, but they speaking negative against what God has said. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. And that won't fly. That, that won't work with him. When all we got to do is carry our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Think on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is good. Not on what you want and what you didn't get and what you're trying to do or what God haven't done yet and it's taking him too long. No, we don't want to think like that. We want to keep doing what we're doing and wait on him. I'm, I, I will continue to do Jesus in the morning and wait on him. I'm going to continue to take phone calls, pray for folks, minister to folks, and wait on him. I said the other day, I want a new truck. That was Monday. And I'm looking for God to give me a new truck. Well, guess what? I want a new iPhone. <laughs> I'm waiting on God. And when I say this, somebody may just go on and burst the gasket. I want a new house. I want a log cabin with all the latest appliances and all the modern things that I have here and more. But I got to wait on him. I know he's doing it. He heard me the first time I ever said it or prayed for it. But it's all in his time. And he don't forget. And even if he does, we can remind him. And he will come through for us. So look, no matter what, we don't have to fear. No matter what you're waiting on, no matter what they said. We don't have to fear. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. And if we could seek him and wait on him, we'll be surprised because he will deliver. Verse 3 says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Salah. So he said that though its waters are surrounded and troubled, and though the mountains are shaken with their violent motion. Verse 4 said, there's a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Anybody seeking God in the holy place? Because wherever he is, is holy. Anybody seeking heaven 
for everything. No matter what comes your way, you got to contact heaven because without God, you can do nothing. We need him for every little thing. Yeah. So we want to seek him because things are falling apart. Many times in our lives, things are not the way they used to be. And sometimes this type of thing will trouble you. But God is changing things. It's not you. He's changing things. Sometimes we don't feel like nothing. We don't feel like he's there. Uh-oh. We don't feel like we we, we get what we, we want or we feel we need. We just feel lost. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? He's changing things. We belong to him. So he don't have to come in and say, well, hey, Barbara. Uh, coming up to 2024, I'm changing things. No, Barbara, just be ready for the change. Because things are not the same every day. Every day is something different in my life. A way of doing things has changed. Yeah, I just got to be ready for God. That's all. And the change. Hallelujah. And when it when it's all said and done, it's a good change. It's working together for your good. Oh, yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. So we're on to verse 5. God is in the midst of her. He should not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Yeah. Verse 6 says, the heathens raised, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. Anybody ever seen a volcano erupt and that boiling hot lava come out of there? It just melts everything in its way. And that's the way I see the voice of the Lord. He spoke light into existence. Really, he spoke the world into existence. He made man from the dirt. Look at this God. Look at this God. He spoke and light came. Took man and blew the breath of life in him. He came forth as a living soul. Went back and pulled the rib, a woman, out of the rib of man. Because he said it's not good that man be alone. He needed a help me. I prophesied this Ending this year, that there may be some marriages taking place. Somebody's getting married. Yeah, several people. It's their timing. It's their time. God is doing it for them. My prayer is that it's a godly man. If it's a woman getting married, if it's a man getting married, my prayer is a godly woman. And that we'll come together tight. In God, obeying his word. We are praying in our marriage. We are praying for each other. We come together and we pray for other marriages. We pray for other people. It's not just about me having a help me and a companion, but it's about us coming together to do the will of him that sent us. He blessed us to come together as one. And we want to stay on that path. A oneness in him. Hallelujah. 
So the heathens raised, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. He's got all power again this morning. There's no higher power. Verse 7 says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. So look, no matter what go on, we got to keep the faith. No matter what we hear, no matter what we see, we got to believe God and believe his word. Now, we just can't step out on our own. Don't do that. But we're stepping out in faith in God, believing God. And we're waiting for him. And let me tell you something. If you have no patience, don't do it. If you don't have patience to really wait on God, don't move. Stand still. Because that's what he wants you to do. Because he see you don't have the patience to wait on him. You don't have the patience for him to come. So do nothing. Yeah. Do nothing. Because you're going to mess yourself up. You know, folks have ended up homeless. Folks have ended up, you know, in the hospital because they were supposed to take the medication. And they said they was waiting on God and... And they was going to do it by sight. That wasn't God. That was them. So it's tricky. You have to be very careful. Very careful. See God with your whole heart. Ask him to teach you to know when it's him and when it's you. Ask him for discernment of spirits. Yeah, discernment of people even. Because I'm telling you now, people tell you, I love you. Yeah. Don't be more love you than... A man in the moon. They think they do. Really, they don't love themselves. Yeah. But God is faithful. So the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse 8 says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he has made in the earth. Because guess what? He destroyed some stuff and some people. I remember he destroyed 30,000. They were his enemies. And that's not who we want to be. We don't want to thank we for God and yet we're his enemies because we're disobedient. If it don't go our way, we don't like it. Uh, God is speaking. We don't like what he's saying, so we're not going to take heed to it. We're going to do it our way. Yeah, because you might have said that, Lord, but... And that's what they'll do, put that butt in there. He didn't put no butt in there. He said this, this, and that. And he was through. And when they get the little bit of news of it, nah, I ain't doing that. Now I'm going to read this. Because, see, they want what the world putting down. Ooh. Mm-mm. I don't want it. If God ain't, is not in it, I don't want, as we say in the South, none of it. <laughs> no ma'am and no sir. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he has made in the earth. Verse 9 say he maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in thunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Why? He bring war to an end. No more, I said. That's it. And again, God don't have to tell us everything. It's in his word what we're supposed to do. 
daily, daily concerning us, our family, and especially if you're a mother uh, raising children, a father raising children. The word will tell you what to do. But we got to be willing to do what the word said to do. Yeah. So he making wars to cease until the end, verse 9. Of the earth he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Yeah. Verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. Did you hear that? So the devil got people and they and they let him use them. And sometimes the devil use them. They don't even know he use them. But guess what? He will be exalted among them. And he will be exalted in the earth. I don't care what they're doing nowadays. I don't care what they're saying, what they're making, and uh, how they're doing it, and if things go this way in the world. Now, now I'm not following the world. So I can be behind time. Because God was that way yesterday, he's that way today. He will be that way forevermore. And I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm trusting him with all my heart and leaning not to my own understanding. And all my ways, A-L-L, the big word, all my ways I'm acknowledging him. He's directing my path. And it's two sides to us, it is. Yeah. Many times the flesh will reign more than the spirit. But I pray that the spirit reigns more than any flesh I will ever have. Because any time the flesh is at work, I'm in danger. Yeah, because now the enemy can get some things. Yeah. But it's okay. And we want the ways of the world. We want to walk up like the world and all of this. And I'm going to tell you, as I, as I got older, I'm not in a rush for nothing. I'm retired. I don't have to change the TV fast. I have to change it fast for other people because they want it quick. Ooh. Yeah, uh, uh, if you drive them, you need to drive them fast because they need to go. But for me, I don't have to do all of that. And it's not so much that I'm getting older, but he has taught me wisdom. Say what you want now. Stay out of Walmart. I stayed out of there. And I'm staying out of there. He blessed me to get what I want at the front door. Anything I need, I can get it from online. Yeah. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And it's going to look different. <laughs> it's going to be different. Yeah. Especially you led by the Spirit. And, and like I say, some things you can't say and some things you can't tell people. They'll blow up. As I say, they'll burst the gasket. See, because when you're not into that, and that's not the way you do things, you leave God very little to do in your life. Oh, you let him in. You talk about him and all of these type things. But 
He's not the ruler of your life. You ruling it. And he don't have very much to do. With me, he got it all to do. He has to do it all because if he don't, I won't because I don't know how my life is hid in him. And he'll send me, St. Louis, many days to tell me many things early in the morning that was in the news. Yeah. I heard the people talking about COVID. So that I know what COVID was, what it was calling it, coronavirus during that time. I had never heard of such. I didn't know about it. And a Louis come in and he said, are you serious? Pay attention, pay attention. I said, okay. And see how God did that? Some other things have happened. Pay attention. Hey, Barbara, I said, what? The tornado coming your way. Prepare yourself. Yeah. But he said it. <laughs> he and folks will say this. Oh, no, you're not down with it until it benefits you. Then just, no, I'm not down with it until God sends somebody to tell me. Huh? We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the Spirit of God. Yeah. But when you, you, you this is something that not a part of you, you won't understand. And again, God will be telling you, but you telling him. Yeah, God sent your word. And, and people love to get a word from the Lord when it's what they want to hear. But when it's not what they want to hear, they don't want to hear that. So they get offended, and then they're looking at you, you saying it, you doing it. He said, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Salah. The Lord of hosts is with us. Did you hear that part? He said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you until the end. Oh, yeah. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to look after us. But we got to be obedient unto him. And we can't see him as good when he's doing everything we want him to do. When we get what we want from him, oh, he the best thing, I said, since sliced bread. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But the minute you don't get what you want, you go to lean into your own understanding and looking for what you're looking for. And no matter what he sends somebody to say to you, you're against it. Yeah, because you done got caught up in your flesh and you want what you want. And I go back to this. I wait on him because I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. When the timing is right, it's coming. There's some things I've been waiting a long time for, but it's coming, but I have to wait upon it. I can't do it for myself. Only he can. Yeah. And so I'm grateful this morning. If anyone has something they would like to add to this, please feel free to press that number one this morning and come in. You don't have to wait until 9 o'clock and uh, share with us your thoughts on being still and knowing that Jehovah is God. What does that mean to you? What do you need to be still for? What have you been trying to get done and you really are not waiting on God on every hand? You're trying to find a way to get it done. What is it? Yeah. God is faithful to us. 
and he needs us to be faithful to him. I thank God for every gift that he's given me. And, uh, oh, I tell you, God is good. He is good to us. He's good for us. And he's our all in all, the believer. He's our all in all. He's everything we need and more. And again this morning, without him, we can do nothing. Yeah, I know we think we get up, we this, we that, mm -mm, because of him. The songwriter said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Hallelujah. Because he lives, all hope, I mean, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future. Life is worth the living just because he lives. If I follow him, he's leaving God in a good place. If I can but follow him, I'm going to be all right, better than all right. But I must learn to follow him and to get in his word and stay. Yeah, don't 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 try to get past his word. It won't work because we need his word to stand on. We need his word to lead and guide us through. We need his word to reference back to. When situations happen, we should seek the word of God to change it. Oh, he sent me many messages through the word. Hallelujah. I open up the uh, daily bread. That was a word for me. <laughs> I started uh, looking at numbers, but I saw some other scriptures, and I wanted to look at them first. Looked at them. The word was for me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank him today for his word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path, and forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. And so we're thankful. We're just thankful unto him. And we bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to his majesty. We thank him this morning. There's none like him. Yeah. Rashawn Mitchell says it best. We can search all over. We won't find nobody. Nobody greater than Almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, uh, amen goes right there. And so we're thankful. Listen, we're going to one more song of the morning. And um, when we come back, we're coming back still talking about be still and know I am God. And uh, this is a new one I found by Bishop uh, Neil Robertson. And uh, I like Bishop Robertson because... When you get with him, either you're going to praise God or you're not. Yeah, but he encourages you to come with me. Let's praise God. And so I really like Bishop Robeson. So we're going to take a look at his latest. I mean, take a look.
Not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the kind of church I come from right there. That's the way we used to church. Yeah, because we came in there to give God some praise. We came in there to give him glory, to lift him up in the song, in the music, in the dance. Yeah, all of this was for his glory, not ours. And so that's where I come from, and I'm thankful uh, unto God. Thank God for Bishop Robinson this morning, and there are a few more, yeah, that we thank God for. Music is a good thing, yeah, and especially if we praise in God, we're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And so, I, again, this morning, I am thankful. Hallelujah. So our topic today is be still and know I am God. 
and we're talking about walking by faith and not by sight. And some may not know um, what faith is and what it, what's going on with faith and this kind of thing. If we look at Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we start at verse 1, it teaches us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, we, we hope and we don't, we don't see it. We believe in God. And because you believe in him without seeing it, God moves on faith. Yeah. That's one of the quickest ways to move him, by faith. Hallelujah. Verse 2 says, for by it, by faith, in other words here, the elders obtained a good report. Well, what kind of good report they had? Jacob wrestled with him all night. And Jacob said, we're going to turn him loose until he bless him. <laughs> Another report is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at them. Abraham wanted a son. He had to wait on God, and he had to believe God. Almost 100 years old, here come the son. By faith, he believed. Yeah. He even asked himself, is there anything too hard for God? No, because with God, nothing is impossible, but with man, it's impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. So verse 3 says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Anybody can understand that? We see the birds, but we don't know their true beginning of the first bird ever come forth. What we see is bird laying eggs and eggs hatched, but that's not where they really originated from. The waters, all of these things, God made man, God made him, woman, God made her. The sky, God made the heavens from the earth. He separated them. He, he, he put a distance between the, the sky and the earth. The sun, the moon, the stars, God created. He made these things. There's no really beginning to them because he made them. We see what we see, but there's no beginning for us. Because God always was. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus. But he made the heavens and the earth, and he brought forth man. Yeah. Verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaking. Look at this. Look at this. But by it, the elders obtained a good report. It talks about Cain and Abel. Abel and Cain. And it talks about that he being dead, yet he speaketh. I won't get too deep right there, y'all. I won't. In verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for being 
For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch, Abel, Cain, all of them had a more excellent testimony because what took place with them was by faith. God made the heavens and the earth. He made us. He made man in his image. And he made man for his pleasure. So if he did these things, we should give God our all. We, whether we see proof or not, we should believe. But every day he let us see proof that we wake up. Day turning to night, night turns to day. Winter turns to fall, winter turns to spring. Spring turns to summer. Summer turns to fall. Ever since you've been living over and over again, this has taken place. He shows himself. He holds the water back from the land. He keeps the sun back from burning the earth. He keeps the moon away from the land. He keeps the moon from freezing us to death. So we should have a more excellent testimony and not doubt God, not believe in him when he's moving and be thankful unto him when we get what we want. But we should be thankful unto him all the time. Through the good and the bad. Yeah. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, this is what verse 6 says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, Barbara, what are you talking We should please God. Look what he's done for us. We should do what's pleasing and the things he can accept. He woke us up this morning. We all deserve death. We don't even really deserve to be here. But his love, his grace, and his mercy for us. He cares for us. And he's not so much allowed his son, his only begotten son, to suffer, to bleed, to hang, to die. Do you know anybody you're willing to just die for? <clears throat> And you'll die for them knowing any minute they'll cross you. Any minute they'll do you wrong. Any minute they won't be on your side. They won't stick with you. And you're willing to die for them? I only knew one man was like that, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody forced it on him. He did it. Because he loved us. And he made us for his pleasure again. It pleased him to make us. Hallelujah. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe. That's the key, to believe faith that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently, faithfully, constantly, always seeking him. Verse 7 says, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the savings of his house, by the which he commanded, I mean, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. 
So we got Abel, we got Cain, we got Enoch, we got Noah, Abraham. You're going to get to see. By faith, we're moving by believing. We're not moving because of proof that we see. Because we are natural people. And we want to, the proof needs to be in the pudding. And we believe in signs and wonders. I've been guilty of it myself. God, if you want this to happen, do that. Yeah, I've done that before. But I learned not to do that. I don't make bargains with him. I go to his word and let his word do the work. No need of me bargaining with God. Lord, if you do this, I'm going to do that. He know the very intent of my heart. So all I got to do is pray, ask for what I want, trust and wait on him. Take my eye off what I'm suffering through and go help somebody. I'll tell y'all something, this Christmas week, I really felt it. I really went through. But guess what? Took my eye off it. Mm-hmm. And went on and obeyed him. And you know what? I don't usually just call people unless I done made a promise to them. I'm going to call you later. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna... Now, if I've done that, then I'm going to try my very best to call you back. But if I don't call you back, that's because I got tied up into really helping somebody. So look, I will call somebody. Yeah, I was sitting in the garage and I was led to call somebody and I called them. And at that time I called them, they were going through. And they called me back the next day to tell me about it. So I could let my stuff go and obey God. Help somebody else. Not sit up moping over, oh, this ain't happening in there. I need the Lord. What I need him to do is teach me how to trust him more. What I need him to do is give me more faith in him. Yeah. Because I want to walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's already all right this morning. In Jesus' name. And we're going a little bit further. We're going a little bit further. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is made, which is by faith, the heir of righteousness. Which is made, which is by faith. My goodness. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, which he should, after receiving inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. Look at that. By faith, verse 9, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. This was again Abraham. But verse 10 says, For he looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham. 
That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what God has made. I'm looking for the foundation of God to be there. I'm not per se looking for the foundation of man. I'm not looking for the things of man. Looking for God. He's the author and finisher of my faith. He's my Lord of Lords. He's my King of Kings. He's more than I need. He's too big. And he's able to supply any need, any want. Yeah, he is. So look, they're still talking about Abraham. In verse 11, it says, through faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So look at here. Sarah received uh, uh, Isaac. She, she, she got pregnant with Isaac in her old age. It says past age. It was past the time for a woman to have a child. This child by faith because she judged him faithful who had promised it, who was almighty God. He promised them that boy. If we remember, Abraham went out to Hagar and come up with Ishmael. But it, they tell me Ishmael was not the promise. And after Ishmael, Sarah had to put her out of there. She was showing out because she had the boy and Sarah didn't have no son for Abraham. So Sarah had him to put her out of there. But then here come the promise. Here come Isaac. Because she judged God faithful because he had promised. Verse 12 says, therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Now listen what happened. He didn't have nobody. He didn't have no children, you know. But once he got Isaac, here come Jacob. <laughs> and it went on and on and on. Now the seed of Abraham, you can't even count it. It's innumerable. There's no way you can count that. It's through infinity. God has given him so many. 13 said, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They left their place and went to a strange place, went to a place they didn't know nobody. But because of faith, Abraham walked by faith, God blessed him. Verse 14 says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Yeah, but they weren't going back. God sent him out of there. He was not going back. 15 says, and truly, if they had been mindful of the country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. 
16 says, but now they desire a better country that is in heaven, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, but he has prepared for them a city. Lord, do it for me. Do it for me. Don't let me look back from where you brought me from, but let me look forward and let me trust you that you're bringing me to a place where I need to be, a place where I want to be, a better country. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 17 says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tired, when he was tried, I'm sorry, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up the only begotten son. Look at this. Remember that? God told him to take Isaac up and sacrifice him. And because God told him to do it, he was willing to do it. He was going to do it. But God had a ram in the bush for him. Because he knew he loved this boy. He wanted this son for so long. And God blessed him with the son. Then turn around and try Abraham. Take him up there and sacrifice him. Yeah. 18 says, of whom... It was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. 19 says the counting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. 20 says by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 21 says, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. 22 says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. We remember that. 23 says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Look at this. Remember this? By faith, all of these dangerous things were done. People could have lost their lives. But they believed God. And they trust him. I believe him this morning. And I trust him. He's a way maker. I know this for myself. He's a way maker. And anything I want, if I'm able to believe he can do it and wait on him, it's done. I don't have to wait forever. It's not going to take him all day to do it. Yeah, it won't take him all day to do nothing. Yeah, but he's going to do it in perfect timing. He's not going to do it before I can handle it nor after I can handle it. He's going to do it when I can handle it, and if I need help, he'll train me. He'll train me to receive it and keep it. <sighs> Excuse me, y'all. He's that kind of God. Yeah. All I got to do is know what I want, tell him what I want, believe he's doing it, and go on about my business. 
But I'm guilty of it. I'm raising my right hand. I'm so guilty. But we like to tell him how to do it and what to do. When to do it and the way we want him to do it. But that's not good. Because without him, we can do nothing. And we don't know him. We don't know what he knows. He's got all power. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. He knows what this afternoon is going to be. So we just need to trust him and let him work it for us the way that he want to work it because it's going to work together for our good. It won't make us cry. It won't make us sorry. It won't hurt us in any kind of way because he did it and he knew what was best for us. Thank one to him right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So look, we're going just a little bit further. 24 says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I remember they saved him, that the parents had him for three months, keeping him here. And then it got to the place where they had to get rid of him because he was going to come to death with them. So 24 says, by faith, Moses, when he was coming to years, when he was older, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter because Pharaoh's daughter had the handmaids to go look in the river and see what that was. And it was him. It was Moses in a basket that his mom had weaved together to keep him safe from drowning. Pharaoh's daughter saw him and she wanted him and she kept him and raised him as her own son. But see, he come from a different lineage. Yeah, he didn't come from... uh, devil worshiping and worshiping snakes and spiders and frogs and lizards. He didn't come from that. He come from there being an almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power that said, let there be light, light appeared. He put some things in place for man and made man for his pleasure. That's where Moses came from. So by faith, when he was older, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, Pharaoh's grandson. Now, that's not where I'm from. By faith, he got out of there too. 25 says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew God would bless. He knew God would bless. And he'd rather give up the treasures of Egypt and respect the rewards of God, knowing they were coming, believing that God was going to reward him. 27 says, by faith he forsook Egypt and not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hallelujah. The invisible God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But for me, I can't say he's really invisible because when I look at my hands, I know he made me. Yeah. When I even look at my arms, I know he made me and made me one of a kind. 
Again, when I look out the window, I can see the sun shining. It's daylight. It, it, last night, it turned dark. It was night. So he turned the darkness into day. God did this. No man could do it. He brought forth the sun out today. No man did it. God did it. So not seeing his faith, it does not mean he don't exist and he, he's not working and blessing the people. Hallelujah. His people. Thank you, Jesus. 28 says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. 29 says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. We remember that, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. We remember he we remember he opened up the Red Sea so Moses could take the people on across in Aaron. And they went across on dry land. And when Pharaoh and his army come after them into the sea, they drown. The sea closed back up. All of this was by faith. What kind of faith do we have today? He even said that we have the faith the size of a mustard seed. That's very tiny. We can tell this mountain to go out to the sea has got to do it. And I'm telling anything that's not of the devil, it's got to go today. I'm busy. I don't have time for nonsense and foolishness. I'm seeking a higher height and a deeper depth in God. And this is what we need. 29 says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Verse 30 says, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compressed about seven days. And here come the loud shout and the walls came down. Oh, he done went, he done went down the list to, to show you by faith these things took place. It wasn't by what they saw or, or what they could do. God was leading. They believed him and he led them. 31 says, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. See, she knew something. Hey, look here. Come on in here. I think she said my dad's sick or something. But I'm going to let y'all out the window and everything. Y'all remember me? Don't let me perish with the rest of these unbelievers. <laughs> Rahab was smart. 32 says, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. What, what else could he tell us? You got all these reports right here. You have all of these great reports, good reports of what God has done for the people by faith who believed. See, we believe some things and let go. We believe some things and let go. Well, maybe he ain't going to do it. Well, no, I don't see how he going to do that. Oh, that's too much. No, I don't see nothing too much for God. Because the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 
So 33 says, who through faith to do kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mouth of lions? Who? Almighty God. 34 says, quench the balance of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong, wax valiant in fiat, turn to fiat, the armies of the aliens. Of the aliens, did you hear that? Flight of armies of the aliens. 35 says, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not receiving deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. 36 says, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, and yeah, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. 37 said they were stoned. We remember Stephen. They stoned him. They were stoned. They were sworn asunder. asunder, Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented. 38 says of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. You remember David? David and his men hid all in caves and all kind of stuff to escape King Saul because Saul was going to kill David. He was jealous of him. And he knew God had taken his anointed from Saul and given it to David. David went over and cut a piece of the robe off to try to prove to Saul, hey, you still... The king, in my eyes, you still God's anointed. I will never put my hand to touch you. Yeah. 39 says, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. What? And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. For it says, God having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Today we have a bit more, and we have to key in a bit more faith. We have to key in a bit more trust. Anybody remember Emma Gossett, the, the chef? He said, kick it up a notch. We got to kick our faith up. A notch. God want to prove some things to us that others didn't get to see. He want to do some things for us that others didn't get. But we have to get it by faith. We have to believe God that this happened. And talk about his goodness. And let me tell you something. Become a cheerful giver. Give where you can. And maybe $5 or $2. Give where you can. Check out Inspiration Ministry. Camp meeting and all of that. Give. Remember, $2. Give. And be happy to give it and walk in by faith and see what God does for you. I'm a living witness. So we're thankful unto him. And we bless his holy name. But there's none like him. 
We can search all over. We won't find nobody. Nobody greater than Almighty God. Yeah. And we need him. Because without him again this morning, we can do nothing. And if we, we allow him to lead and guide us in the right path for his name's sake, we will be all right. Listen, I'm going to one more, hopefully, quick song of the morning. And after this, I'm going to share a testimony. Uh, this is struggled with depression and silence until Jesus, until he comes. So we, we're going to this one quick song and then coming back with this beautiful testimony. Oh, <laughs> 
my mom had been just struggling in this marriage for so long. I mean, she was seeking the face of God. She wanted to get counseling, but my stepfather didn't want it. And so my mom had called and said that she's leaving the marriage. And to me, like, my whole world began to shatter. Because for once in my life, things were normal and comfortable. Like, that means that, like, the, the rock, not even the rock, but the foundation underneath me that I thought kept my life stable was literally about to be removed. I'm starting to have, like, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I, I would be at school and my mom would call me crying or, or something would be going on at home. And so here I am, like, struggling with these things. But once again, I'm a worship leader, and then I've been taught to, like, you know, put up a good front and a good face when you're out in public, but then struggle behind closed doors, right? I decided for Christmas that I wasn't going to go home. I was going to end my life. Whenever I share my testimony, I always begin by saying that um, I can't illustrate or, or fully tell my story without sharing a bit of my mom's story because, I mean, it, it really speaks to where I am today and, and, and how I got to the, um, the path that brought me here. But yeah, so my mom um, is originally from Ghana, which is a country in West Africa. Um, she was born and raised there, um, grew up extremely poor, um, and at the young age of about 20, um, was put into an arranged marriage um, with a man that she didn't really know um, too well. Um, and I mean, he was years older, about like, I think 12 years older than my mom was. And my mom grew up, once again, in Ghana, but in a very God-fearing home. Um, grew up really poor, but my grandmother um, was the daughter of an Orthodox priest in, in Ghana. And then she started going to a Methodist church. My mom grew up in a Methodist church. My mom grew up um, in, an, in, in a children's choir. Um, very, very, I mean, she literally found Jesus at, at, at a very young age and has stayed faithful to God all throughout her life. And so when she was put into the range marriage, um, once again, it was arranged, traditional. She had no say. Um, and so um, once the marriage had been finalized and um, she had been uh, moved to Massachusetts to be with my, my father, which that's where he was, the years had gone by and my mom had um, gotten pregnant in 1996 with my sister and my biological father had made it clear that he didn't want kids and so that she needed to get rid of the pregnancy, um, which for my mom that was impossible. One, because at a young age um, she was told that uh, having kids would be impossible for her due to you know something that she was sick with as a child. Um, and then the second thing is that she she was a child of God. There was no way that she was going to give up her, her child. And so my mom gave birth to my sister in, on August 9th, 1997. Um, and throughout their marriage, there was a lot of domestic abuse, a lot of domestic violence. Um, number one being physical abuse, but then a lot of emotional and, and verbal and mental abuse that went on for so long. Um, and so after some time, my mom um, in 1999 had um, um, given birth to me. The abuse was still continuing. I mean, my father, biological father, wouldn't let my mom go to church, wouldn't let her pray, wouldn't let her worship, was very controlling. It became so dangerous to where it was life or death for her and her children, and she knew that she had to leave, right? And so what happened was my grandmother had come in from Ghana to visit us. Her and my mom made a plan um, to send me to Ghana with my grandmother, and then that would give my mom an easy way out to run away with my sister because running away with a, a baby and a toddler was, was impossible. I was sent to Ghana with my grandmother, and then sometime in 
August of 2000 on a random day. Actually, I shouldn't say a random day because it was actually planned by my mom and grandmother. My mom had been um, packing, you know, financially and, and, and getting things prepared to leave. Um, and then so finally she told my father um, that she had had enough and that she was leaving. And so fast forward, um, my mom and sister are able to get to Ohio safely. When her and my sister had finally gotten their own place, which was just like a, a rundown apartment, um, they slept on the floor for months. My mom told us stories about how, like, she, like, we didn't even have curtains, and it was in a, in a bad area, and so she would take, um, like, the bed sheets and then use a clothing pin to cover the windows, and her and my sister would sleep on the floor. And then finally, they're able to afford a blow-up mattress, um, and then, Lord and behold, um, one of our good family friends was able to help them buy a bed before I came in, um, so about... a a year and some time later, I had finally come in from Ghana. I think I was about a year and some months or probably two years then. So it was just me, my mom, and my sister. We grew up extremely poor. I mean, once again, my mom had left everything in Massachusetts, had had no money, not too much of an education at that time. And so we were extremely poor. I mean, buying food was hard. Paying bills was hard. Of course, we didn't know this. We were children. During this time, too, we were, we were also heavily involved in the church. My mom um, was always ministering on Sundays, was always being a blessing to others in some way, shape, or form. And what was crazy was that, but yet we were struggling behind closed doors, right? And also people knew about it, but like it was a single mom and, and, uh, and her two kids who had fled uh, a domestic situation, a domestic, you know, marriage. And, and here we are like struggling, but yet I would catch my mom still serving God with her full heart, still praying at late hours of the night, still fasting, still d- devoted in her word. And, and it made no sense to me at such a young age. I, I didn't understand it. There would be times where they were about to evict us because my mom couldn't keep up with the bills. And then someone from church would randomly show up and then, and then be able to bless us with some money to pay the bills. Or my mom wouldn't be able to buy groceries and someone would randomly show up and bless us with groceries. There was one time where my mom, she had given up. Like, like there, there was no hope. Like, like God, like, I'm, I'm serving you. I'm praying. I'm, I'm trusting in you. I've seen you do it before. But at this point, like, it felt like there was no hope. And so my mom tells a story of how there came a time where she was literally about to end her life and our life because she, she literally felt like there was no hope. And then randomly, a lady from our church called her and was like, I was praying and God put it on my heart to, to, to call you because I felt like you were about to do something. And so her and, and that lady became close friends. She would check in on us. We would pray together. And so the story fast forwards, and my mom is able to go back to school, um, get a good job, and she moves us to a good, safe suburb in, in a small community in Ohio. I mean, we live in a, in a, in a nice, small, medium, I guess medium-sized home, three, three floors, like the upper floor, and then the, the middle, and then the basement. I mean, life was, was comfortable. It, 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 we weren't bawling or we weren't rich or anything, but, you know, we had come far from where we, we'd begun. And then in 2005, my mom had gotten remarried um, to my stepdad, and my stepdad had also been previously in a marriage. He had had two kids that were living in Ghana, um, God-fearing from what it looked like. Um, he was also serving at the church, um, and he treated us 
you know, as any, I guess, man would, uh, he would take us out to eat and so and, and and care for us in certain ways. So mom was like, well, this is this is great. Um, he loves me. He loves my children, and he's God fearing. When my parents, when my stepdad and my mom had met, we were already doing well for ourselves in, in a small suburb in Columbus. Through my mom's help and, and, and her finances, um, my stepdad wanted to become a truck driver, and so that happened. And then uh, later on, he also wanted to start like a small trucking company, which you know my mom was able to, together they were able to start. And then in 2007, my um, little brother, who I love dearly, my half-brother, was born, and that's when things kind of changed, right? It felt like when my stepfather began to realize that now that he has a child with my mom, he no longer has to really tolerate me and my sister anymore. Um, and so everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Um, he literally did a, a complete 180. He started to become very abusive mentally and verbally and emotionally, thankfully never physically abusive um, to my mom or sister, but physically abusive to me. I remember growing up, there were many times where he made it really clear that me and my sister were only here because we had to be, not that it was really of, of his choice. And he would lash out over, I mean, the smallest things, right? Um, and anything we did, I mean, he, he, he was, you know, acting out in, in some type of way. He would always remind, whenever me and my sister did something he didn't like, he would remind us in tree, which is the, the language speaking Ghana, he would say, which means um, it would have been better if you guys weren't born. I mean, this is something we heard on a regular. So we thought it was, it was normal. We're dealing with all these things behind closed doors, and no one in our church knows about it because in the Ghanaian community, you don't talk about these things out in public. And so I'll never forget there was a day where we had come back from an all-night service, which is where you go to church at like 9 to like 12 a.m., um, do a lot of praying and seeking after God, and you come back at like late 12, 1 a.m. I remember when I got home, I was crying because of something. I think I was about um, 8 then. And he had, he was so fed up that he threw me down the basement uh, stairs and then locked the door. And I literally was there um, for hours um, on in, in the night and in the morning until my mom came finally got me. And for the longest, my mom, um, we all thought that we just needed to do more. We just needed to, like, may, maybe if we were more respectful, maybe if we cleaned more. And we did all these things. We're like, we're the problem. We just need to change. We just need to do this and do that. But nothing we could do was, was changing any of that. And so as time goes on, like, once again, we're, we're struggling behind closed doors, but who can we tell? My mom was a leader at our church. She was leading um, a, children's, a children's choir that had about 100-plus kids, and we were well-known in our church. And so you just can't talk about these things, right? And what was my mom going to do? Get, it, get another divorce, right? Like in the Ghanaian community, divorce just doesn't exist. You, you just don't, don't do it. You just stick in your marriage, stay in your marriage, and, and, and let things happen, uh, trusting that God will take care of it. But I had one friend, his name was Danny Toffee. Um, he grew up in my mom's children's choir. Our family were very close friends. He would come over to our house a lot. We'd go to his house a lot. He was the one friend that I was able to share a lot of these things with that was happening behind closed doors. He, he would and, and, and encourage me at a young age, or we would, uh, he would pray, or we would, we, would, we would just laugh about Like, you know what I mean? It, it was just, he was, you know, a great friend for that 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 season and for the rest of our, our lives because of all these things that were happening and i had no out there was a a, a god-sized heart in in my heart um 
that a god sorry a god-sized hole in my heart that um i didn't even know existed there was a hole there was a void because once again up until then our relationship with our biological father was very wish-washy he'd call in every once in a while at the beginning we would uh have to go to massachusetts for the summers because of court mandates and stuff but um he wouldn't reach out much. And so, I mean, then as a child, I didn't understand what daddy issues were. I didn't understand what a, a bad marriage was or what a good marriage was. I just thought everything was normal. This is the way life was. Um, but little did I know that, like, seeds were being planted into my life. There, there was a, a void. There was a hole. And I didn't know that, but I needed to fill it. And so um, pornography was one of those things that I ran to um, at a young age, probably – I think I was probably about 10 years old when I discovered pornography, um, and no one knew about it. Not my mom, not um, not Danny, not not my fr- like no one knew about it. Because once again, like in our culture, you don't talk about these things, and so here I am struggling with this thing behind closed doors, but also too, I had started to have anger management issues at such a young age. I remember there are many times throughout my childhood where I'd pick up knives and, and threaten to kill myself or like I would run outside randomly because I was like trying to run away or it was just, I, the small side of anything happening, I, anger would build up. Once again, my, my mom didn't understand where a lot of the, a lot of this was coming from. Neither did I because I was so young. And so Time has progressed, and I'm not getting any better. I'm struggling with this pornography addiction behind closed doors. All this anger and and, and rage is is built up um, on the inside of me as a child. There came a point where this struggle was eating me up on the inside, and I couldn't do it anymore, right? And so we're we're going to church, and and, and, and once again, my mom is still very prayerful and um, still leading a children's choir, and so I'm, I'm seeing and hearing about stories of God, and I'm like, I, I've heard of, of testimonies and signs and wonders happening at our church, and I'm like, I'm struggling with this thing behind closed doors. I need that in my life. There's a day where I'm home by myself. My mom and sister had gone out early in the morning, and my little brother and his dad had, had left as well. My mom thought they you know, would have taken me along, um, but they had left for the day to do whatever. And I wake up to a house all by myself, and I'm heartbroken. And, and I'm like, God, like, I have no father figure. I'm all alone. I'm struggling with this. I've heard of stories of, of, of the God you're supposed to be. I've seen you help my family in so many situations. You've provided. You've done all these things. But now I need you in this moment, right? Because I'm, I'm feeling what I think is suicidal. I'm struggling with this pornography addiction. I'm all alone. I'm in darkness. I need you to step in. And so, God, I surrender everything to you. And so in that moment, when I was about 12, is when I had given my life to Christ. It wasn't at church. It wasn't led by an altar call or anything. It was at home by myself. And so I began to develop an intimate personal relationship with Christ where I was praying on a regular, reading on a regular, also becoming a worship leader at church, and, and seeing my mom lead by example, I was imitating the lifestyle that she was, I mean, she was loving on people. She was a true believer in and out, being um, submissive in her marriage, being respectful. She was doing everything, but still things were going right and in our lives behind closed doors. Time has gone by, and... A lot of these things that were happening, too, were affecting my performance in school. I mean, the thing, too, that was weird was that my behavior at home, uh, my anger and everything never translated to 
anything external, like outside, right? Um, I always kept that at home. So I was always well-behaved at school and in church and everything. Um, but my grades were struggling big time. Finally, my family um, in 2013 had decided that they, they wanted a, a new change of scenery and just a, a new chapter to their lives. So we decided to move to Texas, um, the DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I kid you not, in that moment that we moved to Texas, it's like God literally did a complete 180 in my life. My my heart, I was still struggling with anger management issues little by little. I mean, God was uh, uh, softening my heart and God does a, a whole 180 um, where, I mean, I start performing extremely well in, in, in school. When I get to high school, I become class president for all four years. Uh, grades were good. Social life was good. We lived in, an, in a nice home, um, a great community. Like we were, when we would go to church, like we were that family. We all dressed well. We, we were happy on the outside. Once again, these things, the, the um, abuse was still happening, but behind closed doors. And at some point, it, it had become normal. But once again, like on the outside, like success is showing. Like we look like a, a good, happy family. People, when we moved to Texas and even in Ohio, people didn't even know that my stepdad was my stepdad. They thought he was my biological father because that's what it seemed like on the outside. And I'm not going to lie, like there weren't good times. Of course, there were good times in our family, but majority of it wasn't. And so I'm succeeding in school. All these things are happening. And once again, like the pornography addiction is still there in and out, right? I'm struggling with it behind closed doors, um, but I'm getting closer to Christ and, and he's, you know, refining me in ways that I didn't understand. There's something called the, the Texas Association of Student Councils. So in every single state, there is um, an organization that watches over all the student councils in, in that state, like the student councils report to that organization. And so here in Texas, we have TASC. Um, in 2017, 2018, I was elected the state vice president for TASC, which opened up a whole bunch of crazy doors. We are one of our state projects, our initiatives that we had begun was bringing human trafficking awareness throughout the state of Texas. CNN International heard about some of my efforts, invited me on for an interview. Like there was just success, success, success. So many things were happening in my life um, during this time too. Like I was looking for. I didn't realize it until later on, but I was looking for the approval of my stepfather. Um, and every time there was a huge accolade or something would happen, um, and my mom would, would be extremely happy. I mean, my mom has been my biggest supporter all throughout my life. She would uh, worship and, and, and kneel on the ground the moment you would give her good news. And even during the bad times, she was still doing that. But my stepfather would just look at you and go, that's great. Good for you. I mean, and then move right on. Um, he's like, his literal words would say that it, it doesn't benefit him. So that's like, that's good for you. Um, and so I'm doing all these things, not realizing that, man, like, yes, I'm loving what I'm doing, but also, too, I'm wanting the approval of my stepfather, right? Um, which you would have thought that when I gave my life to Christ, that automatically I, I would have understood that um, Jesus, you know, had everything, you know, to give me that, that, that I needed, right, including um, the approval and satisfaction that I, I was seeking for in a father. And so all these things are happening. I go to college, get a full ride, get a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of scholarships, like just crazy things are happening. But still, there's low-key still something within me that feels like a, a void, 
some 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 type some type of of, of emptiness, even though I'm I'm in close relationship with Christ, and 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 it, it didn't make any sense because I heard that once again, like when you come to Christ, everything like I mean that was the, the gospel that I was told was that everything becomes perfect, right? Everything is fixed in that moment. So why is it that I'm still struggling with these things behind closed doors? When I had gone to college. I wanted a school that was far away, but not too far, far away to where I could get away from my stepdad, but not too far to where I could still be around my mom and, and my siblings, my little brother and my sister. And so I chose Sam Houston State University. When I went to Sam Houston State University, I was extremely involved in, in, in um, a lot of extracurricular uh, activities and, and you know, just excelling in my academics still as I was before. But and then I decided that once I got to college, I no longer wanted to attend the Ghanaian church that I grew up in because I knew there was more out there. Like, like there had to be. And so I decided to start going to an American contemporary church, you know, not a nominational church. And so there was a ministry on campus called Chi Alpha and um, a friend of mine, um, by the name of Shelby Salkar, had uh, met me on campus, and I, I didn't know him. I randomly came up to you, and, and then he invited me. Um, and there was a small group meeting that we had one day, um, and we were talking about struggles and giving them to God. And people were opening up about whether it was lust, pornography, um, and all these things. And I'm baffled because it's like, here we are, a group of guys, and they're openly talking about their sin and their struggles, which to me, that was insane. You're crazy. You're sick, right? But I'm dealing with the exact same thing behind closed doors, though, right? And so we get in the car. Shelby's taking me home. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Um, and he goes, hey, man, I feel like there's something on your heart that God wants you to um, talk to me about. And I'm like, no, I think I'm good. Are you good, though? Is there anything you want to tell me? Um, and then he starts to dig a little deeper, and it all just comes out. Th that was the first person I told. After dealing with a pornography addiction for so many years, 2013 was the first time I finally told someone. Sorry, 2018, when I was in college, was the, 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 the first time that I told someone. And I told him, and he prayed with me, and we began to walk in accountability. And little by little, God was strengthening me and, and giving me clarity and, and, and helping me navigate through that struggle. I ended up joining another ministry on campus at a, at a, at a Second Baptist Church on, in, in Huntsville that was led by uh, Matt Johnson, who was my former college pastor. Throughout all this time, I mean, I have been involved in church all throughout my life, and so I couldn't go to a church without being, you know, involved or serving in some way, shape, or form, right? That was what my family was all about. And so I became a worship leader at that church. That's where I went for like all four years of my time at Sam Houston. I was a part of their college ministry. I was a Bible study leader. Um, I was leading worship on Sundays, two services. I was a Bible study on a Tuesday, leading worship at the high school service on a Wednesday, doing all these things while balancing extracurriculars, while being an RA on campus. Of course, things are still happening at home, but once again, it's normal now, right? And so it, it's not that much big of a deal. And the funny thing is that college is where I truly learned what godly community was and what it looked like, um, but also, too, what it looked like to share your testimony. I had never heard of the term sharing your salvation story before until I got to college, because 
in the church that I grew up in, we had testimony time every Sunday. When people would come up and share testimonies about how, like, they almost got into a car accident, but God delivered them. It was like, you know, things like that. So I had never heard of sharing a testimony, the sense of how did you come to know Jesus? I never heard of that before. Um, and so little by little, as I'm in this godly community in college, people are sharing their testimonies. And so when I would share mine, it would always be bits and pieces of it. Right. Like I, I could now talk about the pornography addiction that I dealt with, um, but I couldn't speak of the things going on at home because that's a, 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 a tough, soft, you know, sensitive subject. I was always depending on who I was with. I was always sharing bits and pieces of my testimony. Um, once again, this friend of mine, I'm telling you about Danny Toffee, who was living still in Ohio, but like we were extremely close. Um, he was also in a, like one of the best worship leaders I've ever met, was still my best friend. We were always talking together and he knew the fullness of, of, of like the full story of my life, what my family was going through. And he never told a soul. And so during this time in college, I had been dating one of my actually like my, my childhood sweetheart from Ohio. We started dating again uh, in college. That was literally the, the only girl that I've ever dated my whole entire life. So in 2020, when COVID happened, I remember hearing like, you know, statistics and, and facts about how, man, like during this time, either, you know, families will um, get stronger and reunite or they'll, they'll, they'll break apart. And my mom had been just struggling in this marriage for so long. And all these things were, 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 I mean, she was seeking the face of God. She wanted to get counseling, but my stepfather didn't want it. It had just become too much. And so my mom had called and said that she's leaving the marriage um, and that she's, we're, we're going to be moving out. And to me, like my whole world began to shatter because for once in my life, things were normal and comfortable. Like we lived in, um, a, a good, comfortable, nice home. Like, like life was good. Like that means that like the, the rock, not even the rock, but the foundation underneath me that I thought kept my life stable was literally about to be removed. Like, it was just so many thoughts were happening. What are people going to think of us? What are people going to think of my mom? They're going to think, man, she's been in, in her second marriage now. Like, she's probably the problem. What's going to happen to us financially? Um, are, are we going to, am I going to have to drop out of school to, to help out? All of these things are happening. And then also, too, a lot of the daddy issues that I never dealt with as a child and all the unforgiveness and the bitterness from my biological father and the things that my stepfather did, all started to come up because for so long they had been suppressed because when they were happening to me as a child, my mom would just always encourage me to let go and forgive, let go and forgive. But like little did she know that like I actually needed like to see a therapist. Like you just can't get rid of these things. And so all these things started to come up from under the rug and my life is falling apart. I'm starting to have like panic attacks and anxiety attacks and I, I would be you know, at school and my mom would call me um, uh, uh, crying or, or something would be going on at home. And there came a time where my mom even moved from um, the, the downstairs bedroom, the master bedroom, even moved upstairs. And so when I'd go home, it, it was just, there was so much division in our home. So much was going on. It got so bad to where I never thought that uh, growing up, I mean, you hear stories about kids that don't go home for holidays. And I was like, oh, like, I mean, it, it's sad. But I was like, man, like, couldn't be me. Like, I, I live in a nice home. I always enjoyed going home for the holidays. Um, it came a point where me and my stepfather's relationship had gotten so bad where I, I, I couldn't even stare at his face. And so um, I went home for Thanksgiving 
in 2020, ended up leaving extremely early because it was just the worst Thanksgiving dinner I had ever had. And so I had decided that I wasn't going to come back home until we figured out a way to move out. I had never understood the, the full the full picture of what depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts really were until um, 2020. And so here I am, like, struggling with these things. Um, but once I got a worship leader, and then I've been taught to, like, you know, put up a good front and a good face when you're out in public, but then struggle behind closed doors, right? Um, and so, I, and also, too, like, it, there was just too much going on at once. So I couldn't really share it with our my, my college friends and, and, and family that were around. And so I decided for Christmas that I wasn't going to go home. But things had gotten so bad where I was losing my mind. And so I decided that that um, break, I was going to end my life, um, which I was an RA on campus. So they let us stay on. They let RA stay on campus over break. And so I, I got to stay in my room. And so I decided that I was going to end my life that that week um, because, you know, I, I was by myself so that no one would be around to interfere with that. And then a good friend by the name of Austin Abbott, um, who's a uh, who's a former tennis player at A and M, who I'd become really close friends with, randomly asked me, you know, what I had planned for the holiday. He was like, "How about you come spend the the holidays um, with me and my family?" Which I was like, "Yeah, most definitely not," um, because internally I knew I, ha- I had a plan, and also too to spend Christmas with another family did not sit right with me. I mean, my mom wanted me to come home desperately, but I didn't want to. Well, little did I know that God was literally using Austin Abbott as a vessel to save my life. And so I spent um, the week leading into Christmas with his family, getting to see what a good, happy, and healthy marriage looked like. But also, too, like, as I was there, I I was struggling because it's like, I want to end my life. Why am I here? And so the day before Christmas, I left because I wanted to spend Christmas by myself. And I didn't end up going through with the plan, of course. And then I ended up going to see my girlfriend at the time and Danny and friends in Ohio. At the end of that the year, 2020, my college pastor, Matt Johnson, was leaving to move to DFW for another position. And they're looking for a new college pastor. They had reached out to me to be the college pastor. Um, once again, at this time, I was only 20 years old. My life was falling apart. And, 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 and also, too, the church was you know, aware of, of some of the things that were going on behind closed doors with just families and, and, and the struggle. But, you know, they encouraged me that they would help me and guide me throughout the process. And so I became a, a, a full-time college pastor um, while I was being a full-time student, while I was being um, an RA on campus, involved in extracurriculars. And my life was also falling apart behind closed doors. And I'm a worship leader, too, at the same church. I'm doing all of this and like throughout like that semester, God used me in one of the craziest seasons of my life. Like I mean, I'm struggling with depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts behind closed doors, but here God is using me. People are giving their lives to Christ at, at our college ministry. People are being healed from depression and addictions, and, and things are happening in a lot of the, the students' life, and, and I'm doing a lot of these things, but I'm also struggling behind closed doors. And who who can I talk to about these things? And so it's like after a long day of, of preaching and leading worship on at a service and, and I'm praying for people, we're doing all these things. I'd come home uh, to my dorm as an RA and I'm thinking, okay, I'll get a bit of silence. And then my mom is calling me and she's crying about things that are happening at home. I mean, I'm literally losing my mind behind closed doors because there's no peace to be found anywhere. 
Um, I'm starting to get, you know, burnt out and I'm growing tired and weary. And I end up, I think, at the, the next the next semester resigning because it, it had been too much. And, I mean, I wasn't getting paid enough to where I could quit the RA job and then fully focus on, on ministry. And I expressed, you know, with, with the pastor, if that could happen, they said it, it wasn't possible. And so I resigned. And then when I resigned, the next day they called me back and said, actually, they can make it work. And so I I should have learned um, and, and had not gone back because there were so many signs that it, I just needed rest. Um, and so many other pastors told me I, I needed to I just needed rest. Even though you'd think that the college ministry was thriving, things were going good, I thought I needed to continue. And so I went back, um, stopped being an RA. All these things are happening, but like family life, there's still so many things happening, right? And and I'm still dealing with a lot of the depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. And so that takes a toll on my my relationship with my former girlfriend, who was, I mean, my biggest, you know, supporter during that time, um, had ended up breaking up with me and, and leaving because the relationship just became overbearing and, and, and too much for her, um, which is definitely, you know, understandable. And so that itself, I mean, shattered my world, right? Here I am where my family's falling apart. My relationship that I thought was, you know, would lead to marriage has, has fallen apart. Um, so much is happening. My depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and, and, and panic attacks aren't getting any better. I do the the college ministry thing for about another semester, um, and then I ended up resigning because it just becomes too much. And what hurt from that was that, I mean, the church that I was working with, who I'd, I'd given all four years of my time in college to, I mean, once I resigned, the lead pastor cut me off, the worship pastor, like just the entire leadership team of students I was working with, we had all, I had lost friends. It was such a dark season. There would be many times where I call my sister screaming and crying, like telling her that we need to get me checked into a mental hospital because I'm losing my mind. I mean, I was pulling out like my hair, like pieces of my hair. I mean, you couldn't really tell in, in, in person, though. There were many nights where I, would, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep, didn't go to class, wouldn't eat. Suicidal thoughts against my mind every single day, 24-7. All this is happening, and... As time progresses, I mean, things aren't getting any better, but we end up moving out of, uh, my mom ends up moving out of the house. I thought that would help, but I'm still struggling with a lot of these these things. I have all these answers for God of the depression, the anxiety, the suicide, like the, the daddy issues. Like, God, why is it that you would allow um, two men that were supposed to love me come into my life and, 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 and hurt me and reject me? I felt like everyone that was surrounding me had perfect lives, perfect families, they hadn't really been through many struggles, and so they, they, a lot of them thought I was crazy. I mean, so many of them, so many of my friends at that time would tell me, well, you just don't trust in God. You're not praying enough. You don't believe in godly community. You're not, you're not this. Maybe it's your parents, it's your family's fault for why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. I mean, the craziest things. It felt like for the longest season of my life, it was attack after attack after attack, one thing after the other, and it didn't make any sense. And my mom was, was, was praying and, 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 and lifting me b- before God every day, every night, praying that God would restore my mind, restore my heart. I literally felt like the enemy had my, my mind in his hands and he was just playing with it in circles. I mean, I had no peace at all. Everything took another turn for the worst on May 23rd, Mon- Monday, May 23rd, 
I had got I had woken up in the morning and, and gotten so many phone calls on my phone. Woke up and answered the phone and I was like, what, what's happening? Uh, Danny was coming back from uh, a trip from Ghana and had died on the plane from a pulmonary embolism um, and died instantly. When I say <laughs> I was sicker than, 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 than sick. And so we had laid Danny to rest months later. Here I am, no girlfriend, family is falling apart. The one friend that I'd call to for everything that knew me from the, the beginning of childhood. Um, and I could call and I talked to him, but everything had passed away. What do I do with my life now? Um, and so in this season, though, the funny thing is that I'll never look back and say that I was grateful for what I went through or the trials that I faced, but, man, am I grateful that God carried me through everything without a doubt? Because I can't lie and say that through the depression, the anxiety, the suicidal thoughts, there were many nights that, once again, if it wasn't for the grace of God that was holding my life, I would have killed myself a long time ago. And God used this process to refine me and draw me closer and closer. And I started to see a therapist. Um, and through my mom's prayers and, 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 and conversations, my mental health incident went on for a good three years. It wasn't just until, um, it was just literally until recently. I'd say about in May of this year is when I can finally say that. Um, I wouldn't even say that I'm back to normal because even normal wasn't normal. But I'm finally at a place where I can experience, I, that I am experiencing blessings and, and, and peace and joy that I had seen so many others have. And one thing that I came to realize was that when we come to know Christ, a lot of times we think that for the longest in, in my childhood and life, I had thought that um, when you come to Christ, God gives you peace, joy, and, 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 and kindness and all these things, like, automatically. Um, and it's like, well, the thing is, when you accept Jesus Christ, like, all the gifts and, and the blessings that he has now become yours. You just have to learn to walk in it, right? And so when it comes to the peace and the joy, I'm not having to chase after it. It's already there. I just have to believe it. I have to walk in it. I have to trust that God will be with me. And so here I am today. After years of, 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 of hurt and rejection and the daddy issues and, and everything that I've dealt with, th this year marks about, I think, like 13 years since my biological father last spoke to us. If I, I'd be a liar to say that there aren't days that it doesn't hurt. I mean, there will be times where I'll go, I'll be grocery shopping or at the mall. This happened just recently for like a Father's Day. I was at, at the mall um, shopping and I saw an African family. It was a dad and his two sons um, who were probably about my age or younger. And like he's like shopping with them and um, playing around with them. And I, I'm staring at them for like a good 15 minutes and my eyes are just, you know, um, full of tears. Um, and so there are days where I still struggle with, man, like what would it look like if if none of this, you know, happened and, and I did have my father in my life. But at the end of the day, I'm reminded that I do have a father. And as, as cliche as it sounds, like, oh, like God is your father. No, no, no. I've, I've really come to know that like, even if I don't have an earthly father, I have a heavenly father who surpasses everything. 
one that loves me, one that I, I don't have to earn his love. I don't have to do anything. There's nothing that I can do that, that will separate me from the love of God, nothing that I can do that will make him unlove me. All the things that I did to win the approval of my father, I didn't have to do this with Jesus. Like, he, he loved me just the way I was with, with my struggles and my insecurities and my flaws. I say all this to say that I, when I, whenever I stand here today and when I'm leading worship, when I'm talking to people and I'm testifying of the goodness of God, I'm not coming from a place of saying that God is good because my life has been good or that God is good because life has been, you know, um, an easy path and everything has been handed down to me. No, that's from the farthest truth. But I can stand here and say that I have lived in the goodness of God. Why? Because through the most horrendous, darkest times of my life, there was a man who carried me in the palm of his hands, who never left me, who never forsake me, who, who saw every single tear and loved me just the way I was. That right there, I, I'm at a point in life where nothing, there is no trial or tribulation that can come again in the future that will ever cause me to doubt or question who God is because he's been faithful. Um, and I'm grateful for the good things he's done in my life and in my family's life, even though it's been tough. He's been good. So, yeah. Kwame, who is Jesus to you? first thing that comes into my father, right? He's not just my heavenly father, but also to my earthly father who sits in my troubles with me. The things that I didn't know that a father should have taught me through his word, through his guidance, through his love, he's my father and he's my friend and I'm grateful for him. Kwame, what would you say to the when all foundations have been shaken When I'm left standing in the dark And all I feel is my heart breaking You still reign and you're still God And when it feels all hope is Oh, boy. 
victory of your cross and fix my eyes upon you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see that 706. You know, I like that kind of carrying on. <laughs> Thank God for you today. Good morning to you, Pastor David. God bless you. And uh, if I don't uh, get a chance to tell you in the new year, happy new year. Happy new year, sir. Happy new year to you as well, Brother D. Uh, if I don't get to tell you in the new year, good morning to you, Sister Sion. God bless you this morning. Same thing to you. Happy New Year. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Good morning, Sister Dorothy Goodman, and Happy New Year to you as well. If I don't uh, get a chance to say it early tomorrow, uh, because on Monday it is New Year's, and I really wasn't going to um, cook, but because we had a bunch left over from, from Christmas, I think we still do. But I may just cook a little something uh, to go with that and just chill Monday, take it easy, take it easy on Monday and try not to do anything. Rest up uh, for the Christmas holiday, big holiday, and I thank God for it. So we're grateful unto him that he's yet on our side and listening to this young man's testimony, how he went through with depression and many different things. And, you know, my era and past my well, generation and past my generation, um, a lot of these people have a lot of issues. And they have, um, have to go to see the doctors and I'll take some people on medication because certain things messed them up real bad. They can't get over it. But uh, depression is real. That spirit is real. But you have to fight and uh, fight through the word of God and fight in prayer and believe God to deliver you because that spirit come to uh, put you down. And just like he said, um, it will make you want to kill you, want to end everything. Yeah, because you're feeling so bad. And what I've learned over the years, I can't look at other people's situations not that I'm saved, 
and, and what God has for me is for me. Now, some people will say, well, see, Barbara, you had a mom and a dad who loved you. You had this going for you, your aunts, your uncles, whatever it was. But listen, after leaving home, there are things. Sometimes women go through with men in their life, the husband, uh, uh, whatever, you know. So it's some things, a lot of things there. And uh, sometimes you look back and see that and you be, oh, but I don't dwell there. We we can't dwell on the past hurt. The way you're going to hear me deal with past hurts and pains is I testify unto the Lord of the goodness of him. Because what other people have, evidently it wasn't for me. And because I didn't have a mom, I didn't have a dad, or I had one, and they wasn't what I needed them to be to me, this the deal. God giving you an opportunity to open a ministry that you can be that to others. Yeah, that's what that's all about. What you went through wasn't because of you. What you went through, it had nothing really to do with you other than you being a worker unto God. Yeah. I have a prison pen pal ministry. I have a prison ministry where I go actually visit the inmates. Because if I want to make a difference and I want to share the goodness of Jesus, I got to do some of these things. Yeah. But we sit around and we complain and we see all the this and that of what we've gone through, but we don't step out to God and make a ministry, let him ministry, make a ministry of it. Lord, I've been through rejection. Lord, I've been through depression. God, I've been through that. You delivered me. You healed me. Use me to go back and be a blessing unto some people. Let me be known for these things, <clears throat> excuse me, that you allowed me to go through. Let it become a ministry unto you. Use me, God. Teach me. Show me the way. And let me tell you, when you start off, it may, <clears throat> excuse me, it may feel like you're doing absolutely nothing. Keep going. See, the key to everything is to remain faithful. People start something today and give it up tomorrow. No, keep going. I started many things at the, at the hand of the Lord only when he say let go. Don't do it no more. Because he used it for a season, and he'll move me to the next thing. Yeah. I'm faith at Jesus in the morning. I'm faith at the pen pal prison ministry. I'm faith in going to the prison. But I'm more faithful to prayer and, uh, with people, praying for folks and on these phones, encouraging people. I'm really faithful to that as well. I had cut it off. Uh, to spend some time with Shantae. She's been here about three months. Now it's time to go back to work. So started last Monday, Christmas Day, I came back temporarily, and the rest of the week I couldn't come back, y'all. But today I said I couldn't come back uh, Tuesday through Friday, but Saturday morning I'm getting up early when I really wanted to sleep today. I was tired. But I'm getting up Saturday morning. And I am going to make a sacrifice and come and do a full three-hour show. Yeah. And on Monday, I'll be back. Three-hour show. Yeah, because I want to show the Lord. And and then the devil needs to see, too, you ain't stopping nothing. You're not doing nothing. 
He's still God. Hallelujah. I know he still reigns. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, I am going to pray us out. Unless someone have something they would like to say today. If no one have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out this morning. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow, uh, Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done. Father, we thank you for music today. We thank you for being the God of our lives. We thank you for leading and guiding us in the right path for your name's sake. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this new year. Thank you for all you've done all the year of 2023. Lord, you've been there for us. If it had not been for you on our side, we never would have made it this far. So we give you glory this morning. We give you honor, praise, and worship for bringing us through 2023. And Father, we love you this morning. We give you glory this morning. We appreciate you. Oh, and without you, we can do nothing. We're casting our cares upon you today. But Father, you care for us. Oh, thank you this morning. Thank you. Hallelujah. And Father, coming into this new year, help us to be still and know that you're God. Help us to trust you with our whole heart and lean not to our own understanding. Father, help us to walk by faith and not by sight. In the name of Jesus, bless our families. Bless our friends near and far. Move in a mighty way for them coming into this 2024. And God, let this be a year that we do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. And Lord, let your light shine and show your blessings and miracles and favor that you have put upon our lives. Because we stood still even in 2023. And knew that you was God. We didn't have no other way to do it. We walked by faith. We didn't know no other way. Because we had to wait for you. Those that want new cars. New houses God. New iPhones. Or whatever it is that they want. Do it this year. In Jesus name. Lord we ask that you would move quickly for us all. In the month of January. Open doors and make ways. And, Lord, we want to pay off every bill. And whatever we get that's brand new, Lord, we want to be debt-free. We want to pay cash for it. And we know you're able to do it for us. We don't want to be in debt in 2024, but we want to be debt-free. And, Lord, help us to open our spiritual eyes and watch as well as pray in 2024 in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you the honor. And, Father, we give you the praise. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We can't say thank you enough. And, Father, as we depart this morning, bless our going out. Father, bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. Again, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessing of Almighty God upon you this weekend. 
starting right now, December the 30th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So listen, we're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, after the song, I won't be coming back today. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you again. And uh, I thank God for each of you. All right. We'll do a double take on uh, Bishop Robinson. Somebody ask the question, what's really going on? 